you are divine. You must reconcile the part of you that feels you don't deserve so much goodness. You must slowly adapt to longer and more heavenly states of being. You must marry your potential. You must practice your own greatness. You must weave your way out of your own doubt. You will scale the mountain only as you master the climb. Brianna Weist Hello there, beautiful pumpkins, and welcome back to Divine Authenticity. Hello, hello, hello. It's a beautiful new week. It is a beautiful day to be alive. And uh, hello, I hope you're doing well. I hope you've got a cozy beverage. I unfortunately am drinking cold coffee now, but that's fine. Had to get a little sippy. Oh, if y'all didn't know, I'm gonna let me put you on. And this is not sponsored. I just love it. Um, let me put you on though. If you have an espresso machine, uh, they have the coconut pods out right now. If you're listening to this episode when it goes live, the coconut pods are my favorite pod that they make. Like it is this delicious coconut coffee. If you're a fan of coconut and coffee, it. Truly, to me, it is the most decadent coffee that they have. And I literally, the day it dropped, I went out and bought like three sleeves or I ordered it rather, but it was a treat. Uh, And it has been a treat. That's what I'm drinking today. I don't even care that it's cold. It's delicious. But hello there, beautiful pumpkin. I hope after last week's episode, I didn't want that episode to be like a super downer, but I feel like I had a lot of very serious and important messages to convey in that episode. And this episode is really a continuation from that one. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to it because you can listen to this one as a standalone, but I feel like they really go hand in hand. You have to kind of hear the medicine first. And now we're going to talk about the like how it actually gets better. And I'm sharing these tips and tricks from really just my own experience. I currently am still navigating my way out of a really traumatic experience that I had uh, almost a year ago. It'll be a year next month. And I feel like I finally see the light at the end of the tunnel from the dark, dark, dark tunnel that I've lived in for about a year. And I've seen the light like peek through here and there over the last few months, but I finally feel like I'm truly coming out the other side and I'm starting to actually live my life in accordance with the person I came here to be again. And it's taken a lot. And I think that I've had a lot of full circle moments with it, but I also think I have a lot of tips and tricks and things that I have tried to recover and get better because I am somebody that I just don't believe that when you experience trauma, that you have to live with that for the rest of your life. I just, I don't, I don't subscribe to that ideology. And maybe some of y'all think that's foolish of me. Maybe some of y'all have a real issue with that, but for myself, I'm speaking for me, I do not subscribe to that. I think that we can always work towards healing and work towards understanding and unraveling and there's always more. And that's really been probably the one hope that has kept me consistent on my path of working to heal that part of myself because I believe that I can live a life beyond it. And Today, I just want to share with you all of the ways over the last year in which I really let myself crack all the way open and experience these things to the fullest and how I started to piece myself back together, because that's really been 
the journey for me. It has been this journey of learning how to love myself. And I feel like, I don't know if that's everybody's experience. I can't speak to your trauma and what you have been through and nor would I want to try. I don't think that's something we can generalize, but for myself, it has been a journey of creating a home within myself and realizing that home was never going to be beyond me. It was always going to be right here with me and that I could go anywhere in the world and I will always be okay because my home is with me. It's not dependent on a location or a status or an income or anything that I might have or obtain. It's not dependent on the tools that I gather along the journey, the home. I mean, that sounds bad. I don't mean the tools like the actual, like things that help me cope or work through my mental health things. But when I say tools, I just meant like items. Like it's not about the tools was a bad word. (laughs) I meant like items or things or jewelry or purses, things like that. Um, It's never going to be about like the material. That's a better word for it. But I want to share with you how over the last year, I have just really helped myself get better. And I think this episode, if you allow it to, if you allow yourself to fully be open to trying any one of these things out, I believe that you have already made a commitment to yourself again. You've already started to even just you being here and hearing this episode. I have set the intention that the right people are going to hear it that need to hear it. And you're already, by being here, taking a step towards your own healing and climbing out of the hole that you've been in. And that's what I want this episode to be, is to just know that you don't have to give up on yourself, that it it can get better and it does get better. And if that's all you have right now is hope that things will get better, I hope this episode mirrors that back to you. So the first thing I'm going to start off by saying is if you are able And I totally understand because I have been in a position where I was not able before. Uh, If you are able, please do not hesitate to seek help. Do not hesitate to seek therapeutic help. Do not hesitate to find any healing that you can get your hands on. Be that a therapist, a psychiatrist, um, an energy worker, a... um, what's the word? They do like the needle poking (laughs) acupuncture. I've never done acupuncture, but I've heard wonderful things about it. Um, You know, talking to like somebody who does acupuncture, talking to anybody that works through any kind of healing modality. If you have access, do not hesitate to look into those things. That was something that early on after experiencing that trauma, I really engrossed myself in that. I immediately got in with a therapist almost right away. I started seeing a psychiatrist pretty consistently right away. Um, And also, I want to say a word on medication. Please, please, please do not shame yourself if you need medication. Because I know in the spiritual community, there is a lot of, oh, no, big pharma, don't take that. They're all just trying to poison us, yada, 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 yada. Here's the thing. Sometimes your brain is doing such a number that it needs that medication just to come back to a baseline so that you can build again. It doesn't mean that it is the lifelong answer, but it can be something that is a supportive tool for a time. And that is up to you to decide and no one else. So we need to stop the stigma and the shame around medication and 
allow people to live their damn lives and do what they need to do for themselves. I would encourage you if you're somebody that shames somebody for medication to try to understand where they're coming from, try to walk a mile in their shoes, because sometimes that medication is literally the only life raft that you have. And that's something that I feel very passionately and very strongly about. Um, even though I myself am not on any kind of medication now, I've been through periods where I have needed that medication. And, um, you know, just don't put yourself down for needing that or for wanting to use that as a life draft or et cetera, you know, and making that decision for yourself, no matter how long that time period is. But I just wanted to throw that in there that we do not shame people on this podcast for medication. In fact, we are pro medication. It's not even that I'm pro medication. It's that I'm pro people making their own choices for their own bodies. So um, that is the first thing I'm going to tell you is if you have the tools, the access, get in there right away, right away, as soon as humanly possible. And know that even if you are matched with a therapist, that it's not really matching up right away, you can always look to find a different one. And this is not sponsored in any way, shape or form, though I have worked with them on YouTube before. And I I believe in their service, like I use their service myself. I'm always going to recommend better help to you. Um, better help. I have a link for them. I don't get anything if you use it. I don't even know if I'm allowed to use it. So I might put that link down there. If I'm not allowed to use it, then I'll just give you like the basic link. Um, but I do have a link for them. So uh, I will put that down below if you don't know what that is. It's like an online therapy. And the thing that I like about it the most is that if you do not jive with the therapist within the first like one to two sessions, you can literally just drop that therapist and they'll find you another one. And it's all like through the convenience of your home. So you don't have to like it's all virtual. So I think that's a big part of therapy is people get in with a therapist that says something that they should not say. And then that just like makes people feel like they're not able to be helped. And so I feel like that kind of like nips that right away. So just something to consider, like, especially if you don't want to leave your house. And that's like, especially if you've experienced trauma, like sometimes it can be about leaving the house. So again, not sponsored by them, uh, not currently on the podcast anyways, maybe in the future, but it is a service that I myself actually currently use and I really believe in it and like it. So definitely check that out. Uh, just make sure that if you have any tools like that at your disposal, please, 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 please use them. Like, I will say this until I am blue in the face, but like, even when it comes to um, now, I'm not trying to tell you to go in like trauma dump on your friends on other people, please always ask if they have the space. But even if you can't get um, help in that regard. It's always good to talk to somebody that you really trust. And like, for me, that was absolutely my friend Hillary at the time. And she edits these podcasts. I know she's going to hear this, but, um, and I've already told her this to her face that like my friend Hillary literally saved my life at that time. Like if I had not talked to her about what I was going through and like, had she like helped me to remember to come back to myself and to like breathe in certain patterns, like such a plethora of knowledge, such an amazing fucking person. When she has more links to give to y'all, I will put them down below. But 
such an incredible, amazing person. She does have socials. So um, Hillary, while you're editing this, uh, definitely put your links down below if you want people to come and discover more of you because you're incredible. Um, yeah, she does have social media. She's great. She's a good, good source for the world. Good, good energy. Um, truly without her, I don't even know that I would still be here today. Truly like saved my life was a total life raft during some of the worst moments of my life. Um, so even if you can't get like professional help, if there's somebody in your life that you trust that you can talk to that has the space, please reach out and talk to them. Like, I think that's another thing when it comes to experiencing trauma, experiencing things like this is we think that we're so isolated and alone and nobody could possibly know what we're going through. And it's simply not true. Um, there are a lot of people out there that know what you're going through, or at least are able to hold what you're feeling and be supportive of your journey. And I think it's the isolating feeling that we're all alone that can really be the killer. So, um, and I don't say that lightly. I think that this stuff really experiencing stuff like this and thinking that this is just how your life is going to be can literally be detrimental. So, um, definitely, definitely reach out now. Now that that, now that the heavy, <laughs> I feel like is out of the way, um, still equally important. I needed to mention it right at the top of the episode. Uh, I want to talk about all of the like tools that I use just on my own that were very accessible for me. And I think that there are things that you can do for the most part with no money, no car, like you can start to shift some of these things for yourself. So this one, this one, these are in no particular order, but I feel like something that we don't think about, and you may not be able to think about it right away when you've experienced something that has just totally uprooted your life in that way, is that this really is the moment where the slate becomes clean. This is the moment where, and I think it also depends on what kind of trauma you've experienced. I'm speaking from my own experience, which is could be completely different from you. I'm not talking about like sexual trauma. I'm not like there are different types of trauma for my trauma. This was something that helped me. Um, but this really was the moment for me that my slate got fucking wiped and I was so confused about who I was, my own surroundings. There was so much that I was dealing with that I couldn't see in the moment that this was an opportunity to relearn myself in new ways. And again, I want to reiterate, I am not saying for a moment that anybody deserves to go through something or that they chose it or that, you know, that was something that was supposed to happen so you could come out better on the other side. I don't think that... <clears throat> trauma has to be wrapped in this beautiful little package. We talk about this a lot, um, or I talk about this a lot in my day-to-day -day life, that you don't always have to have a thing. Sometimes things can just be fucking awful and wreak havoc on your life. And that is just what they are. But for me, in my experience, again, please disregard this if this is not your experience and it doesn't resonate. For me, this was an opportunity to recognize that the slate for me had been clean and I had to... I had to literally relearn myself over again because the person that I was prior to this incident, I had now come out a different person. And that was very scary. I felt like 
a literal like toddler walking around on the planet like oh my gosh trees are weird oh my gosh like we're on a space rock and we're just hurling through space and why is not everybody stressed out about that like I dealt with so much existentialism during my most like terrible days sometimes it still crops up but I dealt with existentialism so fucking bad and I couldn't understand how like anybody on the face of the planet was literally cool just like going to a coffee shop and doing their day-to-day life. Like I was like, what? Y'all realize we could literally just like fall out of the sky at any moment, right? Like y'all realize like some people are like, oh yeah, we're on this amazing planet doing like hurling through space. Isn't that so cool that we're so supported by the solar system? No, bitch. That was not my experience. I was like, oh my God, we are hurling through space at the fucking speed of light. I'm going to die here. It was, it was not cute. And I literally feel like I had to relearn how to be a person. And I don't think if you have not been through that kind of experience, it is easily explained. Because even when people tried to talk about this stuff to me before I went through this, I couldn't fully grasp the the momentum or like I couldn't fully grasp the bigness of it. But when you experience a shakeup like that in your life, it really can come down and wipe the slate for you. And sometimes that can be horrible if we're very attached to the person that we were prior. For me, I was extremely attached to the person that I was before. And I still deal with this a little bit, being attached to who I was before all of this. And I've had to realize that I'm a different person now. And there is a version of me that is wanting to emerge. And I have to learn who that version is. And I've been learning for over the last year, what this version of myself is like, what does she like to eat? What does she like to do? And we're going to get more into that down the list. But um, basically looking at this with optimism, if you can, like this is now I get to learn about myself in new and interesting ways and find out things about myself that I maybe was not aware of. And it can be an exciting adventure if you let it be. Granted, again, this is something that you're not going to come to this right away. You're not going to experience a traumatic event and then tomorrow be like, oh, yeah, everything is sunshine and rainbows. And now I get to learn myself over again. No, <laughs> you have to let yourself mourn for mourn and even grieve who you were before because it can be that life altering. And for me, I feel like for the better part of a year, that's what I've been doing. I've been grieving the loss of the life that I had before all of this because it was different and not necessarily good or bad, all subjective to how I choose to believe about it. But I really do think that the, the version of me that is emerging now in some ways, like, just like that song that Lizzo just dropped, bitch, I might be better. Like, turn up the music. You know, I hope y'all have listened to About Damn Time by Lizzo. If you haven't, I don't know what you are doing with your life. Uh, Turn down the lights. What does she say? She says something about like, that's what she says, bitch, I might be better. Like, I give a fuck way too much. I'm gonna need like two shots in my cup. Uh, I need to look up these lyrics because it's gonna drive me crazy. Um, Lizzo about damn time. Let's see. Full lyrics. So she says, um, I got a feeling I'm going to be okay. It's about damn time. Um, 
That's what she says. Okay. I've been so down and under pressure. I'm way too fine to be this stressed. I'm not the girl I used to be. Bitch, I might be better. Like, I just got the chills. <laughs> That's the energy that I'm claiming. Like, I'm not the person that I used to be. But you know what? I might actually be better. Um, so anyways, we're going to move on. But not before we hear a word from our sponsor. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, so in going with the theme of a clean slate, this is where you get to ask yourself those important questions. What do you love? What do you love more than anything? And for me, I came up with two answers for this question. Like I could come up with a whole list of things that I loved, but the things that constantly would come up, no matter like, no matter what kind of question I would ask myself, like, okay, if I could do this thing every day, what do I love? If I did this thing for 10 years, what do I love? If I saw myself doing this until the day I died, what do I love to do? And there were two answers that were true every single time the question changed. And that was talking, which I know I've mentioned this before on the podcast that I love to talk. I think that's why I make an excellent podcast host because I love to talk. And the second thing was dinner parties. I am such a bitch for a good dinner party. I love to host. I love to cook. I love fine wine. I love luxury ingredients. Like I love a good China set. I love a good um, barware. Like I am big on having the shot glasses, the champagne flutes, the wine, the white wine glasses, the red wine glasses, the coupe champagne glasses, the highball glasses, like, bitch, I just love a really finely beautiful set table. Um, I know a lot of people in this day and age say that they would not even have a dining room in their house. When I have my future dream home that I am calling in, it's gonna have like the most immaculate dining room. I can't fucking wait because I love a dinner party. It's my favorite. Um, so I would ask myself, what do I love? And then here's the, here's the hard part. You have to give that to yourself. So talking, that's easy. I can podcast and talk. I can read tarot cards and talk. I can, talking is easy. I can talk to my therapist. I can, you know, that one is something that most of us, not everybody, obviously, there are people with difficulty, but most of us speak. And so that one was a no brainer. I could do that all day, every day. The dinner party stuff, here's where it gets interesting. I live in a place where I have one friend that is local to me that I could invite over. Um, and we do, we do see them and we go back and forth housewife, housewise. And um, we'll, I usually cook dinner no matter what location we're in because I love to do it. And they're so kind to let me cook in their house. But um that is something I was able to start doing more of, which was really nice, but also doing it for myself, you know, putting out a nice china set and a wine glass and having my dinner and with no distractions, putting my phone away, doing everything, um, doing everything that would really bring that meal to life for me. And that's just something that I enjoy. You don't have to like cooking or dining. And if that's not your thing, don't do that. Like do the thing that makes you happy. If it's gardening, go get some little potted plants and start working with your own little garden. If it's um, reading tarot cards, make that a daily practice for yourself. You know, it's 
you have to start giving yourself that thing and committing to it. And you don't even have to start doing it every day. I do think that when it comes to the little promises that we talked about in the last episode, we do need to commit to something daily because that will ground us. But I think that when it comes to doing what you love, you could do it like two to three days out of the week. And I think that that would be enough. You know, for me, honestly, I love myself so much that I really would bust out the candles in the china every single night. (laughs) Uh, That's just because that's who I am. But doing what I love. And that brings us to the next point is to date yourself. And this one, I think for those of you that you are like, and I get it because I am I've been there. If you are a chronic people pleaser, if you're somebody that puts everybody before yourself, which again, been there, done that, got the t-shirt and the trauma. Um, dating yourself can be extremely difficult. You know, the idea of even leaving the house for 20 minutes for yourself can be extremely difficult. And these next three things all kind of go together. So we're going to mention them all at once. We have date yourself, leave the house and um, date yourself, leave the house and expanding your window of tolerance. So I want to start first with the expanding the window of tolerance, because if you're in a place where you don't even feel like you could leave the house for 10 minutes, and I'm not talking about like going out into the public and, you know, there's a lot going on in the world right now. Um, I'm not talking about like leaving your house and, and doing something that makes you feel unsafe, but even just going out into nature, even just getting in the car and not getting out of the car, just taking a drive. If leaving your home for any small fraction of time makes you feel some type of way, because maybe the trauma you experienced in involved that. Um, It's really important to start expanding your window of tolerance. This is something that I recently have been learning with my new therapist. And we've been discussing how basically me being inside my house all the time is actually a shackle. I've designed a life that originally I thought I would love. I wanted to be home and pantsless 24 seven, which you know, it's funny, I am actually only in my underwears right now. I was like, wait, I'm not wearing pants right now. I'm literally living my dream life. Um, But not that anybody needed to know that, but here we are. Uh, Authentic is what you get if you come here. But um, the thing is, like, I designed this life that originally I thought I would really love to just be home 24-7. And, like, even when the pandemic started, I hate to admit it because I, I – I'm not trying to downplay how serious this whole thing has been and like how many people have lost their lives and lost family members and how we've had overcrowded hospitals. Like I'm not trying to downplay any of that, but I remember when that first happened, yes, it was scary, but I was happy to be home. I was happy that my spouse came home. I was happy to facilitate this lifestyle where we were always inside the house together and I think it was good until it wasn't good anymore. And mind you, I've worked from home for about a decade. Like I think my last job outside of the home doing a nine to five was, I want to say circa like 20, gosh, when was that? It had to be pre-2013 because I was already doing, it was probably in 2013. So it's almost been 10 years since I've worked a nine to five. You know, I've been work from home for a very long time because that was what I desired for my life. But in being in my house 24 seven, when you've experienced in my experience, um, when you've experienced a traumatic event, 
if you are looking at the same like four walls, eating the same food, if you are doing every single thing the same every day, this can actually it made me bananas. Like it made me feel more crazy. And like, I was not okay. And I needed to let myself experience life more to feel okay. And even if that meant taking my journal and just driving my car 10 minutes away and journaling in a different location, like that was enough for me. But my window of tolerance would freak out if I tried to leave the house and I don't deal with like agoraphobia, I think is what it's called where it's like large open spaces or large crowds, something of that nature. I don't deal with that specifically. I deal with like really horrible health anxiety. I'm always afraid to leave my house to be away from a bathroom and away from my bed because those two places are where I go when I need deep rest and comfort from things that I've experienced with my body. And I don't know if I've ever said that on the podcast that like what I deal with specifically is health anxiety. Everything that I have experienced is all around my own body and my own health. It's not like it's it's all been like very somatic in nature or very like feeling out of body and that scares me. So um with leaving the house I'm always afraid that like something bad is going to happen if I leave. And that was something that I had to start doing is expanding that window of tolerance and specifically by myself, because I also feel like I rely on my husband very heavily to be this like foundational rock that like keeps me grounded and supported. And he's lovely and great. And we love, we love Andrew. He's so wonderful. But um, something me and my therapist have been talking about recently is like, even from your spouse, like you have to leave the house and do things on your own and obviously go and be safe. Like there are things in the world, there are people in the world that might be out to hurt us. There are, you know, there are things in the world that are not safe, frankly, like if you maybe don't go down that dark alleyway, you know, but it's all about expanding what you can tolerate. So basically, if we think about the window of tolerance, it's you might have a really large window of tolerance where a lot can happen to kind of throw off your mood, but you're able to come back to equilibrium really quickly because your tolerance window is huge. But after you experience a trauma, that window of tolerance can shrink and any tiny little thing can set you into a tailspin. It can bring you into the lows of depression or the highs of anxiousness or panic. And for me, that's really what happened is my window of tolerance really shrunk after that experience and everything would send me into a tailspin. And like literally everything I would go out on a, um, a drive with my partner and I would be freaking the fuck out. Like just, I li- I felt like there was a point in time after that traumatic experience where I literally was like ready to check myself into a mental hospital because I felt crazy. Like, and again, thank, thank the goddess for my friend Hillary. I don't know what I would have done without her. I feel like I probably would have eventually checked myself in, which like, if you need that, please get that. Like, I'm not trying to say that that's like the worst thing you could do for yourself, but I literally felt like crazy bananas out of my head. And I felt like, I just was going to like lose my mind. And my friend would really always kind of like present that to me and ground me back and be like, Hey, what does it mean to be crazy to you? Like, why do you think that this means that? And she would just like ask the right questions. And I would always come back to myself. It was, it was so, so needed, but 
my point to bringing up the window of tolerance, sorry, we're going to sidetracked, is that leaving the house can sometimes be your greatest medicine and doing it in a way that feels safe. When you want to extend your window of tolerance, you have to do it in really safe ways. Because if you just go from, oh no, I'm afraid to leave my house, let me go fly across the country tomorrow, you're going to freak out. That was literally what happened to me. I was already dealing with this issue. And then I flew to Washington State from Utah. And I was looking for housing. I was not okay on that trip a year ago, almost a year ago, I was not okay. I had so many panic attacks, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating. Like, I was genuinely not okay mentally. And I mean, we still found housing and the move ended up still happening. But I almost wish in some ways that I hadn't pushed myself so hard because at that time I didn't know. I didn't know the things that I'm telling you right now that I was well beyond my window of tolerance and I didn't know how to get better at that time. And just recently, if I could give you like a nice like story that kind of shows me how much I've grown is um, – I had my siblings come and visit me, a couple of them. You know, I come from a huge family, so not all of them, (laughs) but a couple of them came and stayed with me for a few days. And we took the ferry into Seattle. We, um, We just did like a lot of really nice things together. And it was the first time that I felt not only in company that I knew would support me and validate me and love me and laugh with me. But also, I left my home in a way that I feel like it actually extended my window of tolerance just a little bit. I was able to leave the house and challenge myself a little bit to not feel like I have to be within like two minutes of my house or something bad is going to happen. And it just like it's it's things like that that have made me ultimately feel better. And leaving the house, I feel like if you are able to, even again, in those subtle ways, if it's just driving somewhere in the car, that can be really helpful. Just doing it in a way that feels slightly uncomfortable, but not something that's going to send you into a tailspin is how you're going to keep expanding. Maybe one day you drive two minutes away and then six minutes away and then 15 minutes away and then 20 minutes away, and then 30 minutes away. And then maybe one day you go an hour away, you know, it's extending yourself in that way until you it feels safe and comfortable. And for some of you leaving the house might not be an issue. But for me, it was and still sometimes is. And that's been something that's been ongoing since even before my traumatic event, I, I feel like, even back when I had like gallbladder issues and stuff in 2017, that was an issue for me. So this is something that's like carried on. And I've been now just kind of learning how to undo it. And then with date yourself. This is something that I would encourage everyone to do at any point in time, no matter what you're going through. This is just like good advice is when you start to learn what you love again, because you will you will start to learn what you love again, what you love about life, what you love about yourself. You will rebuild yourself, I promise. If you keep trying, if you keep bringing yourself to those new levels of yourself, to new levels of understanding and being kind to yourself and compassionate towards yourself, you will learn what you love again. 
And when you do that, you have to start committing to dating yourself again, whether you're in a relationship or you're not. I think dating yourself is something that we should all be practicing. And it doesn't mean that you have to take yourself out to dinner every single week. Dating yourself can be as easy as putting your finest china on your table and lighting a couple candles. And maybe you Instacart a few ingredients for a dinner that's just for you. And for me, I'm always really kind. And I tell my partner in advance, I'm like, hey, I'm going to do this for myself for dinner, which I eat fish and eggs and he doesn't. Um, so usually I'll do like a fish dinner that night or something for myself and I'll get myself a really nice bottle of wine or some kombucha if I'm not drinking. And I will just really romanticize that I'll put on some piano music, I'll cook by candlelight, which I don't recommend that for everybody. You know, if, if your eyesight is not good, do not do that. <laughs> um, I have definitely messed up food that way, but, um, even though my eyesight is good, I just, I've definitely made a mess of some recipes that way before, but it's so fun. Like, um, doing things by candlelight can be really beautiful. Listening to the rain. Um, sometimes that's going out on my back, um, balcony and just listening to the rain with a nice hot cup of coffee and taking that stillness and that silence for myself. But, if I'm able to, I often will leave the house. And again, it doesn't even mean getting out of my car. I'll drive myself out to one of the many, um, what's the word I'm looking for? One of the many like waterfront areas that I live by because there are tons where I live. Um, I'm very fortunate and very blessed to live by seawater, but I can drive out to those and just park right in front of them and just sit in my car. Sometimes I'll bring my tarot cards. Sometimes I'll bring my journal and I'll take that time with myself to truly date myself. I'll, I'll go through a drive through and get my favorite coffee or I'll get myself a special treat while I'm out a cake pop or something. I don't know. You know, I'll, I'll do something that's just for me. That's not for anybody else. It's just for me. And the thing with doing this is sometimes when you first start, you're going to feel guilty especially for those of you that, again, are chronic people pleasers, you're going to feel guilty as a fuck when you first start to do this. I need you to press into that guilt anyways. Like that really is how the growth happens is you have to sit with those uncomfortable feelings. And again, I don't want you to flood yourself when we're dealing with this kind of stuff. You don't want to flood your system. That's the last thing you want to do. So you take it really nice and slow. Maybe before you even start to date yourself in that way, you practice at home dates. And again, with the driving, you do two minutes away from home, five minutes away from home, 10, 15. And you take that like on a weekly basis, you know, going really, really, really slow is how that growth is going to happen. It's, it's the same when you start like a new health regimen. Do you eat a salad and then drop five pant sizes? No. Oh, that's a terrible comparison. I am not in the realm of weight loss. I think life is about way more than losing weight and paying bills. <laughs> that was a terrible comparison. Please forgive me. But you get what I'm saying. Um, if dating yourself feels too difficult for your window of tolerance, you can start really, really, really small. And it's actually really important that you do. Because again, remember, just from last week's episode, the time is going to pass anyway. So if you're worried about this taking forever, the time will pass regardless. And don't you feel like you deserve to know what it feels like to love yourself and to be comfortable in your own body and your own being? Because I think everybody deserves that. So 
I hope all of that made sense there, but those three things I feel like really go together. So this one, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, you have to start challenging that voice in your head. This thing, I feel like if you take none of the other advice besides getting help, if you have the access to it, any of the other things I mentioned today, this one is the most important. You have to start talking back to that voice in your head. This is how I have overcome so many of the things in my life that I never fucking thought I would. Y'all, I grew up with a narcissist raising me. Like, I used to believe the worst things about myself because that's what narcissists do. They make you believe the worst shit about yourself. And this is how I overcame that. This is how I overcame my fear of abandonment. This is, and don't get me wrong, I think it still crops up in other ways. But I think when it comes to like, the reason I know that this self-talk stuff works is because I came from a family system that totally set me up for failure. Like, set me up to not believe in myself, to have low self-esteem, to work in a mindless job that I hate, to be this member of society that I did not want to be. Literally talking back to myself when I started to say some shit to myself is how I changed my entire life. And I stand behind this because it has been proven to me over and over again. Even when I experienced trauma, when I started talking back to that voice, It has changed my perspective. It has changed the way that I live my life. And it does take repetition. You are not going to wake up one day and be like, oh, hey, that voice that tells me that I am worthless, fuck you. And then you're just going to feel worthy all of the sudden. It doesn't work like that. It is going to take consistent challenging. And eventually that voice will get so low and so desperate that it it will just stop. You will stop talking to yourself that way. And I feel like this is the same way, even when you experience things in your life, like trauma, we can still start to talk back to that experience when it starts to come up and tell us like, oh, no, this is going to go on forever. You're going to feel this way forever. This is just your life. Now, you can literally talk back and say, no, this is literally a moment in time. This is not my entire life. And there is nothing that proves to me that this is going to be my entire life because I haven't lived my entire life yet. And do you see what I'm saying? Like the neural pathway in your mind that is constantly pounding the same story through, you're going to have to fight it back. It reminds me of like, I don't know how we always end up talking about Harry Potter on this podcast because I do not support JK Rowling. I do not like her. I think she stands for some really shitty stuff and we support trans people. If you thought that we didn't on this podcast, you are in the wrong place. Uh, Trans, trans women are women, trans men are men and um, non-binary, whatever you are, however you identify, however you identify, we accept it here. And um, we do not like what JK Rowling is slinging, but It always reminds me of like Harry Potter. This is like what I think happens in our head when we start to challenge the thought. If y'all have ever read the books, like the last book or seen the final two movies, or it might even be in the, uh, is it the movie, The Goblet of Fire? I'm not sure, but I know for a fact at the, in the last movie, during like the last scene when Voldemort and Harry are going like wand to wand and their magic fucking collides right in the middle. And it's this like huge balls of energy and they're just like stuck in a stalemate. And it's just like one's trying to overpower the other, but it can't. And then eventually the Voldemort's wand starts to bend and break and Harry gets through and fucking blast him. Sorry if you haven't seen those movies, but like also, I don't know how many years it's been since their release. If you haven't seen them, you're living under a rock. Um, 
But that to me is what it's like. It's, it's a slow process of you're going to meet that thought consistently. And you're going to have to be the person that basically strong arms it back because it is going to want to continue to persist. And it is doing the uncomfortable thing or the thing that you think might be silly or weird. That's the thing that's going to change it. So talk back to that voice in your head every day. Every day, every time it crops up, even if you have to say it out loud. And I would even tell you, like, tell people in your life, like, if you have a spouse that is supportive of your journey, tell your spouse, like, hey, if you hear me talking this way about myself, can you please remind me to talk back, talk back to the thing that I'm saying? And like, don't tell them to talk back to it. Tell them to remind you, hey, I need you to talk back to what you just said. Because it needs to come from your own voice, not the voice of someone else. Because if it constantly comes from other people, all you do is create this loop of needing outside validation. And you need to start being the source that validates yourself. And that's how you do it. So talk back to that voice in your head. Um, This one, for some of y'all, maybe this is not your vibe. And again, take what serves, leave the rest. Um, Y'all know I'm very spiritual. I'm not religious, but I'm extremely spiritual. I do believe in angels. I do believe in spirit guides. I do believe that there is a source outside of us that is there to support us lovingly. And I believe in asking spirit for the way forward. I believe in turning it over to, I always say spirit because that's just like what works for me, but my friend calls it the ether. My other friend calls it source. Some people call it God. It's whatever that is for you. For me, I always say spirit. And I think that's also because as a kid, even though I, again, am non-religious and I am not Mormon anymore, um, growing up Mormon, I was always taught that we had the quote unquote Holy Ghost. And I always thought of the Holy Ghost as spirit. Like that was, I would always be like spirit, da, 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 da. And, you know, whenever I prayed and I feel like I've just kind of kept that, but again, under a totally different guise and non-religious because no, thank you. Uh, It's not for me, but um, I always say like spirit or um, I really like spirit of the highest love and compassion. That's one from Gabrielle Bernstein. I'll address spirit that way. Spirit of the highest love and compassion. Can you show me today a piece of the pathway forward? Can you help me to understand today. Can you give me, or maybe you want something super direct. Um, I've even asked spirit for like a book being like, Hey, I just really feel the need to read about what I'm experiencing so I can understand. Can you provide me with a book? Can you provide me with a podcast? Can you provide me with TikToks on Instagram? Can you provide me with, or TikToks on Instagram, which that does exist where people will re-upload their TikToks, but can you, Uh, provide me with TikTok videos on my feed or Instagram reels, or like, I believe that source, the universe, God, the spirit is always trying to communicate with us. And so a lot of the things that we are given, those are sources of help. Those are tools for us. And you can ask spirit to come through in that way. And like literally people have done this. I have not done this personally in this way, but I thought this was such an amazing story. So I'm going to share it. I don't know who, but um, I've heard of stories where people will be like, spirit, speak to me through books. And then they'll take themselves to the bookstore and they'll have books like leap off the shelves. 
Like somebody said like a book literally fell at their feet in front of them and they were just like, what the hell? So stuff like that happens. Like you can ask spirit to guide you in that way. Or maybe you're looking for a mentor or a person, you know, spirit will bring to you what it is that you ask. You just need to ask. And um, the last two things I want to talk about are more like practical tips. If you're somebody that's like very practical and you need practical advice, um, this one, I've talked about this before, I'm sure, but it's one that I really feel like when I was in the worst of it, of experiencing my trauma, this is besides talking to people and like getting help, this was the thing that really helped me. And I committed to journaling three pages every single day. This is part of the artist's way, which I will link down below for you. Um, the artist's way is... I want to say it's eight or 12 weeks. I've never actually finished it. Unfortunately, I've never finished the artist's way. I always make it to like week four or five and then tap out. I don't know why. Someday, maybe I'll recommit like next month. That'll be a project for me. I'll recommit the month of June and then into July. But journaling three pages, you don't have to do it every day. I find that when you're feeling some type of way, if you just decide to journal on it, you will feel better. I promise that is something that works very quickly. And it helps you get the feelings going on in your body and in your mind down somewhere else. So you don't have to hold them. And the artist way says journaling every single day, three pages a day. I think again, the longest I've ever done it was for like a five week period. And it was at like the height of what I was experiencing. And it did help me It helped me a lot. Um, I think it actually helped me to move forward and take big leaps forward, uh, out of what I was experiencing. Um, because that was at the point where I was having like panic attack aftershocks and I wasn't sleeping and things were like really fucking bad. Um, I would journal three day, three pages every single day. And it's literally whatever. It's just stream of consciousness. You don't have to write it all perfect and make the entries make sense. It can literally just be stream of consciousness of whatever is coming through your mind. And that is actually the best way to do it is just stream of consciousness. Uh, right in the morning is preferable because sometimes you'll like remember dreams or maybe you wake up with a little bit of anxiety feelings and you need to just put those somewhere. Um, and then the last thing is this one is from my therapist that I recently started seeing really simple practice, but something that I genuinely needed a gentle reminder is my therapist explained to me that basically whenever I feel my body off in any sort of way, even if it's just like a normal ache or pain, because everybody has a body, we all experience aches and pains like that's normal, it's normal to experience little flickers here and there. For me, because of what I've experienced in my life and the trauma that I experienced, whenever my body feels even a little off, I start to panic, I think this means that I'm gonna die. And I had just deal with really horrible health anxiety sometimes. And to work through that, this again, it almost felt too simple, but I swear to you, it has actually helped me is anytime that feeling starts to come on, I take three deep breaths, just one after another. And like, not just like a, not like that. Like you want to really (sighs) 
maybe even for a count, like maybe in for five, out for seven, you know, really on like a long exhale. And I like to put my lips in like an O shape, like a, like a kissy lip almost. And I'll breathe out through like a smaller mouth hole, basically. Um, And that really helps me. And what my therapist reminded me of is that he was like, listen, when your body has any kind of reaction, you feel like there's a tiger behind you. Like you literally get the feeling like our ancestors, that's what they dealt with. They would start to flip out if a tiger actually was behind them and it would help them run or do something. But for you, you just become like paralyzed in your own fear because there is no tiger. You're not running from anything. It's just in your body. And there is no tiger in your body, Chloe. Like there's no tiger. And The thing is, when you take a moment to take those three deep breaths, you will realize that there's no tiger and your body, it actually helps your body to re-regulate. Like it helps your body to, because if there was a tiger, even if you think about like your primal brain, if there was a tiger, there is no way you would be able to breathe like that if there was a tiger. Like your body would literally force you to move or do something. You you wouldn't be able to breathe like that. And it just sends a signal to your body that there is no tiger. There is no tiger. There's no bear coming to maul you. I kind of like the tiger only because, wow, I just had a moment, y'all. Holy shit. (laughs) You want to hear something really cool before we get out of here? Podcast episode's almost over. This is kind of a long one. Um, I just had a full circle moment, y'all. Um, I love healing in the moment. It's really cool. <laughs> but when I first started doing like inner work for all of this stuff that has been going on with me, I do what is called like parts work or active imagination as well, where you basically get into a meditative state and you talk to the parts of yourself that are needing to be listened to right now. And you can also meet with like a power animal. There's something to that. And I remember after this experience, when I finally met with a new power animal, because that happens, sometimes you'll get a new one throughout your life. And my original power animal was a hippo. And when I did this exercise during the height of my trauma, my power animal was a white tiger. And I just realized which white tigers are my favorite animal. And I've never had them show up for me like that. And they also had the, it had like a, the triple goddess symbol on its forehead, like a shiny one. And I just realized whenever I explained this story in the past with like not running from a tiger, I would always explain it as a bear. There's no bear. But recently my therapist started calling it a tiger. And I just had like a full circle healing moment of like, holy shit, my power animal that came to me was literally a really calm tiger. Ooh, I got the chills. That's some shit right there. I I don't even know if that made sense. Like it's like a whole thing where... You can do a meditation that brings you your power animal, and then you can learn more about that. Um, I want to say that uh, Mia Magic has a guided meditation on that in her Richie in her witch school, not Richie Witch, but her other witch school. She has a meditation about it too. 
um, you can like meet your power animal. And that's so crazy to me that a tiger that is calm, that like loves me unconditionally would fucking show up for me at the height of my trauma. And that's what I've been dealing with is this feeling of like running from a tiger that's just like in my body. That's so fucking funny. Um, it's not funny. It's not coincidental. I think everything is connected. And that was crazy. Um, I have not once thought about that, how that was the figure that came to me. And I wasn't, I was a little scared, but like me and that tiger, we're bros. Like we, whenever I do active imagination, I always go to the Creek by the house that I have like in my mind where all of my like selfs and parts of me live. There's a Creek by that house and a tiger lives out there. And it's that tiger that I go and talk to. Ah, uh, yo, healing is so cool. Such like that was, I can't wait to go journal about that. <laughs> I feel like there's more medicine to even come out of that. Um, but in any case, I hope any of these things helped you or gave you hope about what you're experiencing, or maybe you know somebody that is experiencing this stuff right now, and you needed to be the person that tells them about it. Uh, I also want to remind you all that uh, if you liked the quote in the beginning of this episode, that comes from the book Ceremony by Brianna Weist. Uh, this book incredible. Uh, we recently started a book club in my Patreon and the month of May we're reading something different, but I think this might be the book that we read in June because it is so beautifully done. This book, it, it, uh, I just, I don't think I've had a book touch me as hard as this one did for a while. Like I'm literally probably going to read it again because it's a very, very, very quick, easy read. And then I'll probably read it again in June with everybody on Patreon. So um, if you're not part of my Patreon, please consider joining. If you join at the 1111 tier or higher, we have started a book club where we're reading books now every month. And uh, soon, I haven't launched it yet. There will be like ways where we're going to be discussing it too. So um, if that's your jam, if you want to read like a bunch of self-help or healing books, we might do a fantasy one here and there. I'm not really sure. But if that's your jam, definitely check out the Patreon. It's a way that supports me. And truly, the reason I am able to bring this podcast to y'all still in the form that it's in is because of that Patreon. Like, Patreon gives me the space, the grace, and the ability to continue to create in the way that I do. So uh, if you want to just help me out in that way, I would really appreciate your support. And you can also join the book club. So links for that will be down below. And um, everywhere else too, you know, my socials, Instagram, TikTok, uh, my YouTube channel, all that stuff is always there for you. But please beautiful pumpkin, just remember if this is you, and this is what you're experiencing, and this is the medicine you needed today. I really just want you to remember that it does get better. You can get better. Things will get better. Don't let anybody tell you that this is what your life is now going to be like forever because it's just not true. And we're going to read one last little quote from Brianna Weiss' ceremony to close. And then I'll talk to you next week. We have, if you could only see how many answered prayers you have within your hands, you would never fear the future. You would never fear what's next. <laughs>